Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I didn't really know how to tell people it was happening. You've got to start living life. It's not going to last forever. If you've got something nice yeah. to say, say it. It's such a negative world. Why don't we start changing the way we talk? No, I've never been scared of dying. Talk judgment for curiosity. If you love yourself and the important people in your life love you, then that's all you really need. All right, welcome back to Brooko Mode for episode 40. I'm joined by Hannah Marshall. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. No, you're so welcome. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. No worries. Very keen to get into this chat. So for those who don't know much about you, can we get a slight overview of who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. So I am Hannah. I'm 20 and I run my own personal training business. Um, I have a like background of competitive dancing um, yeah, so I'm a in-person PT and online coach and I run Empowered by Hannah as well myself. <laughs> yeah, great to hear. So tell us first about those dancing experiences because from what you've told me, it's pretty competitive and mm-hmm. I think for young girls, they're so their minds are so malleable so it can have such a yep. big impact on them. So run us through those early experiences. Yeah, so I did competitive dancing for about 12 years. So I started when I was about two or three um so age two yeah age two a small child (laughs) yeah yeah so um it's kind of like all I grew up with um and now I look back and I'm like holy shit there were so many toxic things that I didn't even realize were toxic at the time and any girls that have done competitive dancing they get it like the looking at yourself in the mirror for hours and hours and hours on end when you're 10, 11, 12, 13, and your body is changing so fast, it's really hard to just see yourself in the mirror every single day. Um, And when you get to the level that I was at really, really young, it's hours and hours and hours and hours after school, weekends. It's literally your whole life. It's all you know. And it is quite competitive as well. Um, So that instant comparison to other girls and the body image that you you think of when you think about a dancer is quite 
like skinny and small legs and stuff like that that was never me growing up so it really impacted the way I looked at myself the way I thought about food the way I valued my self-worth so yeah it was really all I knew growing up um but it definitely had its challenges I'm so grateful for the experiences I had dancing as a kid because it definitely taught me how to work hard how to be competitive but also be so happy for other people's successes as well it definitely taught me from a young age to be able to clap for other people when I wanted to be up there as well and yeah I'm very grateful for the experiences and yeah but definitely had its challenges though yeah it's a really fine line isn't it yeah definitely yeah so tell us a little bit about your upbringing in a more general sense not just with the dancing um sort of I guess how I guess will how you were treated by your father mm-hmm. and how that sort of shaped how you see yourself and how that's played out mm-hmm. into your adolescence and then adulthood now yeah so um to be so honest with you I had a pretty rough upbringing um I was pretty badly abused by my dad from really 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 young probably to about 17 when he moved out um yeah, just like abused in every single way you could possibly think of. So it was really hard growing up and it was an extremely isolating feeling um, because no one really knew it was happening. I didn't really know how to tell people it was happening. And when that's all you know growing up, you assume that it's normal. And like I would see my friends with their dads and their families and stuff. And I was fully aware everyone has problems behind closed doors. No family is perfect, but I just assumed the anger and the abuse and the physical hurt was normal. That was just part of growing up. And it wasn't till I probably got to about maybe like 15, 16 and just to look back and go, oh, my God, that's that's not normal. Like a man should not be doing that to his daughter. Um, so it definitely shaped me as a person hugely and it made me grow up a lot faster than what – probably a lot of kids had to grow up. I have a younger brother and sister and I often found myself like taking on a role of taking care of them and it's made me a very like caring and nurturing person as an adult. Like I just want to take care of people. Like the only jobs that really interest me as an adult is jobs that I get to care for other people. Like psychologist, nurse, ends up being a PT. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it definitely has impacted my adult life like immensely. I moved out of home really really young at 18 I have just turned 20 and I bought my own apartment so that safety of a home and feeling comfortable in my surroundings and where I lived was huge and I feel like that has impacted how hard I've worked at work and how much I wanted to be how badly I wanted to be successful to provide myself a home where I was like I'm safe the door can lock it's just me here like I'm completely safe in that but I feel like a lot of people that probably haven't gone through that, don't see the value in that. But that was a huge goal for me from probably about 15. Yeah. So I guess logically when you were 15, 16, you start to realise like on an intellectual level, like how you were treating was wrong. Mm-hmm. But it, how hard is it to like know that on a logical level, but then emotionally you left with all these, you know, scars, emotional scars that mm-hmm. play out into your relationships and influences like, what you're doing with your job and your life and how hard do you find it to sort of, I guess, fix that the scars that were left there? Um, so I've been in therapy for a long time, <laughs> off and on. 
Um, I was diagnosed with um, PTSD really, really young. So that was kind of a really hard pill for me to swallow because, again, I thought how I felt was normal. I thought the fear that I had around older men and my dad and being in a room alone with an older guy was normal. I felt I thought that's just what everyone felt and the flashbacks and the nightmares I'd have thought that was normal. So being di- diagnosed with that was like really really tough and I don't think I processed that until I was older because I actually did the research and found out what it meant um so it definitely impacted my self-worth a lot and the biggest way it's impacted me as an adult is like feeling worthy of being loved and protected and it's still something I struggle with today like I'm still in therapy trying to really prove to myself that I am worthy of being loved and being cared for because that was something that was like held over my head throughout like my whole childhood like I was told you're not worthy of this you're not good enough so now as an adult I almost feel like I have to prove to other people that I'm worthy prove to other people that I deserve to be treated okay prove to someone that I'm good enough and it's definitely kept me in situations in relationships and friendships that I shouldn't have been in I don't have to prove that I'm worthy I don't have to prove that I'm good enough to someone but that's all I know that growing up that's all I knew like is doing ABCD to prove to someone that I am deserving of the love I give out Um, so it's definitely made forming like healthy relationships and friendships as an adult really hard because I never know when to cut my losses like I never know when to walk away um being like emotionally mistreated and probably not cared for in the right ways all I really know so it is hard to be like okay no I'm actually worth way more than that because I never had the opportunity to do that as a kid Mm. do you feel like you have a closer group of friends like yeah just like but really close friends yeah like Beth yeah yeah so I have like my best friend and then like um just a few other people and then I've grown so close with my mum over the years like we've healed our relationship so much from everything that happened as a kid like something else I worked in therapy um on in therapy was being able to sit down with my mum have those tough conversations with her because I held that resentment towards her as a kid it's like you knew what was going on why didn't you do something why didn't you take me out of there why didn't you care enough but being able to have that adult conversation and sit down and realize her side of things like why she couldn't leave why she couldn't get me out of there like I almost held like resentment against her for so many years and the second we were able to sit down and be like well we were both being abused in that situation like we both didn't know what to do it's no one's fault and just like forgive and just learn and move on and just support each other through trying to heal what we've experienced has been just like the best experience ever and she's literally my best friend now (laughs) she comes over and stays all the time um yeah I have a very close like group of friends and I'm so particular with who I let in in my life now um so yeah so gym is obviously a massive part of your life Mm. you're a coach you're wanting to compete Mm -hmm. so tell us then you started with dancing Mm -hmm. and so how did you get into the gym yeah so when I was about 14 I found myself getting injured a lot in dancing and I was obviously in a really really bad place mentally um at that age and I found myself like falling out of love with dancing just because couldn't love myself I had no enjoyment I was 
probably quite depressed at that age as well and I just didn't enjoy it and it was getting to the age where you either push to do it professionally and make a career out of it or you kind of start to dial back a little bit and focus on getting a job and having spare time after school to live your life. Um, So I quit at 14 and it was awful at the time. I thought my life was like ending because that's all I knew I was like oh my god what's my purpose now like just (laughs) (laughs) um so it was it was hard like a really hard pill to swallow to come back after school and be like so what do I do now like it was quite rough um but I was seeing a therapist at the time trying to work through my PTSD and um just having support from someone um and she was like oh you should join a gym and try going to the gym. And I was like, I'm sorry, but what the fuck is going into the gym and lifting a dumbbell going to do for me not wanting to live anymore? Like, come on. And she was like, no, just give it a go. Like, you'll be fine. And I'm like, absolutely not. She was like, just try it once and see how you go. So I found a gym that was like 10 minutes away from my house that it was the only gym that I could find that would accept a 14-year-old. And I went and I did a trial and I have legitimately never looked back since. It was the best thing I ever did for myself. I walked in and obviously I was absolutely clueless at that time. I had no idea what I was doing. But it was, I walked in, I was like, oh my God, this is where I belong. Like I started going like four or five times a week at a really young age, just literally just like walking on a treadmill sometimes. But it was such an outlet for me, an outlet that I didn't even know that I needed. And it was a place that I could go and nothing else mattered while I was there. And it was just the most therapeutic thing ever, just moving my body in the best way possible. And yeah, there was no judgment, just go in, head down and just, yeah, it was amazing. And yeah, from there, it's been what, six years later and I just... Yeah, love it with everything I have. Hmm. I almost feel like sometimes the gym can be sort of like a drug, isn't it? Like yeah. you go there and it just it's like it makes you feel this way about yourself that like and and you're the one who can provide that. It's how, like how hard you push yourself in that gym session. Mm-hmm. You get that sort of like those um you know, serotonin and all yeah. those powerful You feel so good I after, yeah. yeah. So <coughs> coming back to this therapy thing because before we go into some other stuff I think it's really important being a mental health podcast to sort of normalize going to therapy and working through things do you so what age exactly did you start um and did you feel a sort of like a stigma attached to that did you Mm -hmm. feel like a bit different being someone who went to a therapist um so I've been going for years off and on like as long as I can remember at the start it was kind of forced on me I hated talking about the way I felt again I didn't realize what I was experiencing was abnormal so I was like why do I have to do this this is dumb um and it definitely has a stigma around it as well especially with males as well I think everyone should go to therapy at least once in their life like um I think saying that you don't need therapy ever is can be quite arrogant. Like, mm. everyone deserves a chance to go and sit and talk about how they feel openly with someone that is not a part of your life, is a third party, and it's just like you walk out of therapy and it is the most freeing feeling ever. Um, I've been with the same therapist for years. Her name's Laura. We love Laura. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it definitely has a stigma around it, and that's why on Instagram, like, on the very small platform I have, I'm so open and honest about going to therapy because I feel like 
it's such a normal thing. It mm. should be a normal thing. I don't know why people find it so, like, oh, she must have issues then. Like, I just I th- feel like everyone should go. Like, even when I wasn't in therapy consistently, I would go just, like, once every few months or once every six months just to check in, just to make sure everything up there was okay. And, yeah, I think it's so, so stigmatised when it doesn't need to be. The biggest question I have is you're quite open now, quite vulnerable, which is amazing. Do you think that skill has been developed from going to therapy and, and allowing yourself to navigate your thoughts and feelings? I feel like that's a skill a lot of people lack, especially men. Mm-hmm. But do you feel like that yeah. sort of experience has developed that, that skill? 100%. I feel like a lot of people these days, especially males, they swallow how they feel and we can't talk about how like we feel and... I want to be so open and vulnerable on Instagram and with my clients and with people because as humans, like, we just want to connect with people. We just want to relate to people. And if I have to be the first person to stand up and go, I was diagnosed with PTSD at 11 years old, I was abused as a kid and I've done something with my life and this is how I'm struggling as an adult because of what I experienced. If I have to be the first person to stand up and say that, like, so be it. But I hope other people can see me doing that and go okay, well, I'm actually not alone on Mm. this. Like, I remember growing up and feeling so alone. I'd cry myself to sleep thinking, like, why is this happening to me? I'm the only person in this world that's going through this right now. Like, out of everyone, whoever's up there has chosen me to go through this. Like, are you kidding? And now I look back and I'm like, I was so not alone. Like, the experiences that I've had as a kid, unfortunately, are so common these days. Like, a lot of people experience those things which is incredibly sad but I want to be the person that stands up and talks about it and I know on Instagram I have a lot of younger girls that follow me as well and when you're that age you soak up everything you see on Instagram everything if I can be that one person that they follow that they go okay well she went through that and she made it out alive and she's doing something with her life so can I like that's so important for me and something that I really, really want to push on Instagram because, yeah, girls are so – we just soak up whatever anyone else says and we're, it's so easy to look at someone that has everything they want, is like moved out of home, has an apartment, has a business and go, oh, their life's great, I'm never going to get there. But I want to be like, well, no, this is where I came mm. from. If you've had the same experience as me – you can grow. I promise yeah. you, no matter what anyone says to you, no matter what, like, insult someone throws at you, no matter what upbringing you've had, I promise you, you can make something out of it. And it doesn't have to be, like, the end of the world. It feels like the end of the world in the moment, but I promise you, you will grow up and you'll go, I'm actually so grateful for those experiences. I look back on my childhood and go, yeah, it was so shit that I experienced that and I did not deserve that at all. And it sucks that that had to be me, but I'm so grateful for it because I literally would not be half the human I am if it wasn't for the way I was brought up. How did you get out of that victim mindset then and, and then start to take positive action, go into therapy, go into the gym? Mm-hmm. Was there a turning point? I think when I moved out of home, Um, and also when I opened my business as well, I worked hard. I mean, I still worked hard, work hard, but especially at the start, 
I put in the hours. I worked for like 15 hours a day for free sometimes. Like I put in the work, was so consistent on Instagram trying to advertise. Like I grinded so hard at the start and people were saying to me like, how are you so motivated? Like how how do you have so much work ethic right now? And it took me so long to look back and go, well, it's actually because I was given nothing as a kid and I want to make something out of my life and I feel like if everything was given to you as a kid and if you had this amazing upbringing you're never really going to have that motivation to move out of home you're never going to have that motivation to go okay let's get me out of my comfort zone to make something of myself so I feel like it was when I opened my business and I also started taking like training a bit more seriously that gave me like a purpose in the best way possible my favourite thing about your social media, because I feel like you have a lot of young girls and they're going to like aspire to be like you, but you are so open with the journey because it's like, it's so easy to see someone and you're like, fuck, I want to be like that. But then you don't realise what you did to get there. But you're so open with like, it's almost like the price tag. Like mm-hmm. you've got, you're doing all the, like this 15 hours a day of free work, mm-hmm. you know, posting on social media consistently like over time. Like there's so much hard work that you put into the gym and as a coach, like, and people just be like, oh, I want to be like her. Like, she's got a business. She's moved out of home. But then it's like, well, are you willing to do all the work that she's done? Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy to follow someone. And not that I feel like people should do this, but, like, idolise someone on Instagram and go, oh, my God, that's – I could never do that. Like, look at her. Like, I'm sure she's just had everything handed to her. I'm sure, like, it just – she got it easy kind of thing. But I want to be like, actually – no that's not the case at all I consistently wake up and do incredibly long days at work go above and beyond for my clients train incredibly hard give my job my training absolutely everything I've got to be at in the position that I am right now and I feel like that's so important for people to see that and it's also hopefully I can inspire other people to not be afraid of the hard work and to love the journey if you love what you do every day love the process of training or even prep like it's not a chore it's actually so rewarding and I actually enjoy the hard work and that's why I like sharing with people because working hard putting yourself out there should not be something that people are scared of when you do wake up do you think like okay to like I'm I'm in this fucking journey of proving to others or is it do you not reflect on it like that um because we did speak about like this whole journey is you're still trying to prove that you're worthy because of how bad you were mistreated Mm -hmm. so do you continue continually reflect on that Mm -hmm. or um sometimes yes I have to pull myself out of it um I think it's so so important about like who I surround myself with I feel like they have a huge impact with how much I have to feel like I have to prove myself that's why I'm so grateful for like the circle I have now and my friends and like the family that I still keep in contact with because none of them make me feel like I have to prove myself and if they do I'm like there's the door okay (laughs) (laughs) I don't care um so sometimes yes but I have made like such a conscious effort to pull myself out of that and just be like I'm actually not put on this earth to prove to anyone anything I can do anything I want and I don't have to tell anyone why. I don't have to give anyone a reason. I'm an adult. Like, mm. I don't 
if I have to sit there and prove to you that I'm worthy, prove to you that I'm good enough, why can't you just see my value without me having to do that? Because I can see yours. I can see the good in you. And if someone can't reciprocate that, then they're just not worth having in my life at all. Yeah. Do you feel like... Because so, you can't split test life. So it's, you can't compare this upbringing to... You, you know, you're not, you're not, you can't, <coughs> sorry, you can't compare it. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like, oh, it's hard to compare, but do you feel like the benefit maybe is then because you had such a hard experience, in a way, you found a way to give yourself control. You're like, well, this, fuck, I'm the only one who can get me out of this. I feel like some people who are given everything, there's almost like that attached thing. It's like a, they're attached to someone giving them something. But then for you, it's like, well, everything I'm doing is from me. And it sort of gives you... From a low point, you might have started low, but then it's like, fuck, well, you start coming. You can only go up when you're down. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, fuck, well, I'm the one who got me here. Well, what if I keep working hard? Do you feel yeah, 100%. I feel like people, like, are, like, as I said before, like, almost afraid to work hard. And it's definitely taught me a sense of control in my life. Like, I'm fully aware now. If I want to do something, I'm just going to go out and do it. Like, if I want to buy my own apartment, I'm just going to work my absolute ass off and go and do it. If I want to have a successful business, I'm just going to go out and do it. Like, there's literally nothing that you can't do. Like, if I want to do anything, I'm just going to work so, 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 so hard to get there. doesn't matter how big or small the thing is. I'm in complete control of who I let in my life, what I do for work, you know, how I think and feel about myself. I'm in control of everything and people are so easy to so easy for people to sit there and be the victim of their own life to sit there and go oh this sucks I hate my job I hate my friends I hate my boyfriend I hate this and I'm like we'll do something about it Mm. if you're unhappy with yourself I know the gym's a scary place but start and go in and walk on a treadmill or literally follow someone that goes to the gym and get inspiration from them just start take very 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 small steps forward but people are so quick to sit there and be the victim of their own stories and go, well, I can never get to where she is, so I won't even bother trying. But why do you have to get to where she is? I was there in your position once as well. I was that girl that hated the way she looked. I was that girl that was terrified of going into the gym. I was that person too. Just because I'm where I am now doesn't mean I wasn't in your position, but you don't have to be a victim of your own life. You don't have to live in that toxic cycle. If you're not happy with something, do something about it. People love to sit in yeah this victim mindset and the woe is me mindset. If you're not happy in a friendship group, in a relationship, in your job, anything, in any relationship, leave. Do something about it. Like Even if it's a job and you're like, well, this is the only thing I can do, start a side hustle see what you can learn online like start posting on instagram like do something about it even if you never leave that job do something outside of work that kind of fills that purpose like you are in complete control of whatever path you go on whatever you do with your life so stop sitting around and complaining about it and do something because you are the person to blame on why you're living that life yes you've probably been dealt a shit card of hands or you feel scared to leave a relationship or you feel like this friendship group is the only friendship group that you're ever going to have ever but you can't sit there and go oh my god these people suck or my job sucks because you're just as bad for sitting there and allowing it and not changing it yeah well said I don't think I can add too much to that but (laughs) the quote I do like with that like 
well, someone's had it worse and done it better. Yeah. So there's always there's always yep. you know a way. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm interested now, and we'll keep we'll go back to the gym after. But that feeling of not being worthy, I want to know how that plays out in in relationships. And you said like, well, here's the door, but it's, it's sometimes when you're emotionally invested, it's it becomes really hard, and sometimes it's like you're trying to prove to yourself and heal these old scars mm-hmm. by seeking out relationships that try and heal those like childhood traumas so how's that experience been it's been so hard um like I sit here now and I'm like well there's the door but it is so much harder when like especially in relationships when you are so deeply in love with someone I have the worst case of giving someone a million and one chances when they don't deserve it like something that I've had to, I'm in therapy and something that a pill that I've had to really swallow is like change. An apology without change is manipulation. And if someone is sitting there and manipulating you, they don't love you. If you can say to someone, this is what I need. This is how you support me. This is how you love me. This is how I want to speak to you. And if they can go, oh, sorry, and not change, they're manipulating you. And like you should be with someone that makes you feel so worthy and more than good enough without you having to sit there and prove your worth and that's been the biggest thing that I've learned in the last six months is that I should never ever ever have to beg to be treated with respect to receive the bare minimum to have someone that loves me wholeheartedly that they will support anything that I do and like I will never put up with that treatment ever again and like it teaches you so much when you're with someone that doesn't really see your worth and yeah just that someone that doesn't deserve a million and one chances has that been a commonality then like picking out people who you know are sort of like that where they don't treat you how you should be and don't give you that you know minimum standard all the time yeah definitely um i i've had two relationships as an adult and both of them i felt like i wanted to fix the other person like i'm such a caring and nurturing person that when I meet someone and they're like oh I have this or this is my issue or even if they don't even identify a problem they're having I can see it and I'm like okay if I stick around and I give them a million one chances and I'm super caring I'm super nice you know I'm there for them when they need maybe they'll change for me maybe they'll be better for me maybe I can fix them and then they'll see me as worthy and see me as good enough but it's just about stepping back and going I don't owe it to anyone to fix anything and people can't accept the help that they feel like they don't need either. So, like, I, yeah, love fixing people. I just want to help and, like, I feel like sometimes, because it's what I do for work as well, I love sitting down and fixing people, helping people and working through stuff. But it's okay to do that in my personal life but only if someone's going to appreciate it as well. Um And I feel like going back to my dad as well, like I could see what was going on, especially now as an adult, I look back and I'm like, okay, well, he has ABCD. Like my therapist says he has these issues and I can reflect and be like, it's so easy to fix your behaviour. So now that frustration, sometimes I take that into relationships and go, well, let me help you. Like I can fix you. I can like, let's do this and let's talk about it. But most guys don't want that. They don't want someone to be like, please let me help you. Like they want to be the big, strong, tough man. They never want to have any issues. They never want to talk about uncomfortable things. But 
I need someone that wants to sit down and talk about those uncomfortable feelings and work through problems that they didn't even know were present in their life. Um, yeah, so it has been hard as an adult just to realise, like, I don't owe it to anyone mm. to, like, fix things. That's the sad thing <coughs> I sort of see in this. It's like there's so many men who are like that, but it's like you you keep picking out the right... It's just like... Uh, it's, it's, it's sad, but, like, if you keep, you know, working on it, I'm sure you know, the right person is not going to be too far away. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess let's – sorry. <coughs> let's get into um, your job because that's mm-hmm. a massive part mm-hmm. of your life. So I guess that started – you know, you started with the gym mm-hmm. and you're such a caring person and you're like, well, is that how it sort of started? Like, okay, I've improved myself so much. Like, what a fucking amazing experience it's been for me. Like, I want to help other people do this. Absolutely. That's my number one thing going into it is I could see how much it changed my life and it completely changed like the human I am and I really wanted to help other people have that experience as well, especially young young and younger girls um, because I feel like I want to be that person for girls that I needed when I was younger because there was no one telling me that the way I felt was okay and, you know, going through these experiences, I never had, besides the therapist obviously, but never had someone that was like, I got your back no matter what. Mm. And I want to be that for other people so badly. So that's what drew me to the job and it's not just about my clients coming in and me destroying them in a leg session <laughs> for 45 minutes. Like, Good though. Yeah, it's good, <laughs> but <laughs> not the only reason why they're there. I literally have like an ongoing thing with my clients like I'll go up to them and I'm like how are we doing today and they'll just give me that look and I'm like do we need therapy and they're like yeah and I'm like okay come to the therapy corner and we just sit there for 45 minutes and we just chat and sometimes it's about boys sometimes it's about what's going on at home and I just sit there and I listen and I'm like okay how do you feel now and they're like so much better Hannah and like it is like it makes me feel like just so so just like warm and fuzzy inside when they're excited to tell me things or I'm the first person that they ring when something goes to shit or they feel so connected and they trust me so much to tell me things that no one else knows what's going on in their life besides me and it's such an honour and a privilege to have these girls just to trust me so much and like I literally make the joke at work every day. I'm like, I swear I'm a therapist at this point. Yeah. Like I was like, I know everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, I love it so much. I wouldn't change it for the world. Do you think one of the reasons it feels so amazing is it's like you're giving them something that you wish you had? Absolutely, definitely. And like especially my younger clients as well. Like I have um like a few girls that are like still in school or have um experienced things growing up that I have as well. And I want to be the person for them that goes, it's actually not your fault. You actually don't deserve this at all and you've done nothing wrong and you are so deserving of way more than that and you're so deserving of being treated better. And just to really show them that you're beautiful, you're amazing, you can do anything you want and like don't let anyone make you feel like you're not worth that or anything less than that and the things that you've experienced whether that's bullying in high school like an awful breakup you know stuff that's happening at home like it's not your fault Mm. that's happening to you you didn't deserve that so i actually love that one it's not your fault i don't know if you're seeing goodwill hunting no i haven't um but it's one of my favorite scenes it was pretty much this like 
prodigy who's in high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, not high school. He might be 20 or something. But he's, like, really, really smart. But he's had really harsh upbringing. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's pretty much, long story short, this um, professor's trying to get the most out of him. But he's, like, a sort of loose guy. Mm-hmm. And he goes and sees this psycho- this therapist mm-hmm. and, and pretty much the thing that – one of the main things that got him to really break and, and he actually start crying because he put on this persona of this really tough mm-hmm. guy and it's really yeah. re- reflective of the world. And he just said to him – and then they hugged. He said, it's not your fault. Mm. It is not your fault. And then it just broke this guy and I was mm-hmm. like, fuck, that is so yep. so true. A lot, of, yep. a lot of people, they have these things happen to them and it's, it's really hard to detach from it and be like, well, it wasn't me. But yep. – you feel like it's you because you can't, like I said, you can't split test life. It's like you just – and in a way, I, I do not blame people at all. Like I'm totally like I understand, mm-hmm. but it's you, that's why it's so powerful to have people around you being like, okay, this isn't this isn't you. And even yourself talk like this isn't me. Like yep. do you feel – okay, delving on that then, how important is the self-talk then mm-hmm. with the whole ex- experience, like your, your upbringing, your – your gym, your journey, because sometimes, you know, it's not all roller coasters. You, so it's not all like smooth sailing. You're going to have your downs. Yep. Um, that's something I'm really focusing on in therapy right now um, is being able to step back from situations and experiences that I've had in the last six months and being like, the way someone treats me, the way someone speaks to me, the way what they do behind my back, or even just like how much respect they have for me actually says nothing about me and everything about the way they feel about themselves and that has been like the biggest like turning point for me is like growing up like it is not my fault what happened to me at all and it has says nothing about the person I am how good enough I am how worthy I am and everything about how my dad felt about himself it has nothing to do with me and from my most like recent relationship what's happened to me and the way I was treated actually says nothing about me and everything about what they have going on Mm. and how they feel about themselves like I am so quick to take everything so personal and that's something I'm really working on just to step back and go okay yeah this person did this to me but it has nothing to do with me if I have not done something or you know added fuel to the fire it says nothing about who I am as a person and everything about the way they feel about themselves. And I feel like, especially girls, like I hear this all the time at work, like girls come to me and go, oh my God, my boyfriend did this or, you know, this girl said this about me. And I always say to them, I'm like, you know, that has nothing to do with you, right? Like that is not your fault at all. You did nothing wrong to deserve that. And the way they speak to you, the way they treat you, what they do behind your back says everything about themselves whether that's an insecurity how much they value themselves whatever they have going on in their brain or in their life it says everything about them and nothing about you like it's so important to step up step back and go like you're just literally just reflecting like you're deflecting on how you feel about yourself and you want to almost like scoop me down to the level that you're on to make yourself feel better about yourself Um, something that my therapist said to me like a couple of weeks ago that really resonated with me is like when you're in a situation where that's a relationship, friendship or anything, it's really hard when your emotions are involved to be able to step back and go, okay, well, if my friend was being treated like this, how would I react? And she was like, honey, you need to remove yourself 
from that, all the emotions and everything that's going on and almost look at your situation as a third party Mm. and go, if you were looking in on this relationship or this friendship and like observing what was going on, what would you say? Mm. Like, how would you feel? Would you tell that girl to stay? Would you tell her to give her another chance or would you tell her run for the hills? You deserve so much better. And I was like, that's so true. Like, I'm so always caught up in the emotions. <coughs> and, like, it's obviously way easier said than done because yeah. as humans we're such emotional people. But it's just about being able to look at things from an outsider's perspective and just look at the facts, really. Mm. Like, take someone down from that pedestal. And, again, that's something I'm really working on in therapy is girls do this a lot. We, like, try to, like, decode people's, <laughs> like, behaviour. And we're like, oh, he wouldn't do this if, like he was going through this or if work wasn't so stressful or it's like stop trying to decode someone's behavior on why they can't respect you why they can't treat you right like just take it as the facts and that's something that I've like been trying to work on so much is like just take the facts how it is stop trying to put someone on a pedestal or decode the way they speak decode the way they treat you because the facts are the facts someone that loves you would not do that to you and if you deserve so much better go find better Mm. like stop trying to almost make excuses for people and I feel like I do that so much in my personal life because I made so many excuses for my dad growing up I was like oh like it's okay if he comes home like really angry from work like you know he has a really important and like highly successful job like as an accountant like it's it's okay if he's angry like it's okay he's just stressed out like you know someone's got to pay for my dancing someone's got to pay for the bills like it's okay but it's not okay like it's absolutely not okay and it's yeah hard to swallow that I need to stop making excuses for people and just take take it how it is and just go am I willing to stick around for this behavior Mm. probably shouldn't my question then is because I totally agree with the you know, not sticking around for that stuff, but then I also see a trend in modern dating where there's women seeking perfection. So mm-hmm. it's like that balance of like not sticking around for the bullshit, but letting allowing people to make mistakes. But then, you, like you said, it's the manipulation. It's allowing people to grow mm-hmm. and allowing men to grow because, like, even me, I make mistakes in my relationship, yep. but I'm continually like, yep. okay, how can I improve? And it's like, I'm okay to fail, but it's like I hold myself to whether I learn from that mm-hmm. and grow from that. Mm-hmm. It's not like. You know, because you don't want to put pressure on anyone to be perfect because they're yeah, not. Definitely, but it's yeah. like it's that fine line between yeah. like I think it's the trend. Then you're like, if are they continually doing this? Yeah. Versus like, is this a one-off and are they learning from it? Yeah, definitely. And it comes back to that thing that I said before: like a cha- uh, apology without a change is manipulation. Like it is. You definitely shouldn't expect perfection from anyone because I'm not a perfect human. I've made so many mistakes in my life, but. It's about is this person willing to sit down and change and grow? Because it is uncomfortable for someone to say, you did this and it hurt mm. my feelings. Can we do better? It's uncomfortable. Like okay. it's a – it kind of like yeah. sits in your chest and it's a hard pill to swallow. So it's just about being with someone that can have those conversations and aren't going to go, okay, well, you did this, you know, and put it back on you and – like or even say okay I'll change and then not do it because that what is that saying about how much you respect the way I feel because me saying to you oh that really upset me when you did that should be like oh fuck I'm never going to do that again I never want to make her feel like that Mm. so 
definitely never expect perfection from anyone because we're going to make mistakes and relationships are so hard and we're going to hurt people's feelings without even yeah. like expecting to hurt someone's feelings or we never want to hurt another person's feelings but yeah never expect perfection but expect the bare minimum for yeah. sure oh, 100% yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> um but yeah a apology without changes manipulation yeah like do you feel like then a lot of girls come to you and have these conversations because it's so hard for them to have them with their partners yeah yeah definitely i feel like um like a lot of my clients have come to me and they're almost afraid to speak to their partners about the way they feel and i always say to them i'm like okay so now you've told me all this how do you think he's going to react and they go oh i can't have that conversation with him and i'm like but why like you should not be with someone that you're afraid to like talk about the way you feel and a huge issue that I see with a lot of my clients and their partners is like the gaslighting sometimes like they bring up how they feel and you walk away from a situation you go okay I was in the wrong I've been there a million and one times in the last like year of my life like you go in you're like yep no, I deserve so much better. I'm going to have an open and honest conversation and I know how I feel. I know what I've experienced. I know my feelings are valid and I end up apologising mm. and I leave and I'm like, oh, I'm the worst person ever. But then I'll go to my best mate and I'll be like, oh, this happened. And she's like, Hannah, what the hell? What happened? Like, why are you apologising? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, And it's literally my mind will go completely blank on mm. why I was even mad in the first place. Like, So I feel like that's like a really big issue with some of the problems that I hear at work is people not being out to just take accountability. Like, you're allowed to sit there and go, I'm so sorry I did that to you. That's so shit of me to do that and I'm so sorry and I'll never do that again. But people can't do that these days. Like, it's always like a tit for tat. Like, okay, I'm sorry I did this, but you also did this. Mm. And it's like, they're probably aware that they did that. But, like, that's not what the conversation is about right now. Like, they almost have to be on the same level like so yeah it is really mm. hard for girls to have co- and I'm sure guys as well I just work with all yeah, girls yeah. so I only see one side of it um but yeah I think that's a really good litmus test is the best friend thing because I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in the moment with your emotions and it's it's really hard to detach but you sort of need that to that self-talk to be like okay just quickly detach from it, even for a second but if I was if this was my friend this exact situation because you know the perfect circumstances because when your friends are telling you things right Mm -hmm. like it's really hard to get every single little bit of detail Mm -hmm. but you have that you actually have all the information available to make the best decision it's just the emotions that fuck you over yeah so if you can learn the skill to just even for five seconds be like okay this isn't me this isn't me this is a friend Mm -hmm. okay you have all the information Mm -hmm. then you can make a really good judgment yeah yeah um so how does then how does being vulnerable and being so open with your feelings and even with your, your clients, I guess, how does that help you and help those relationships? Because, like you said, human beings, we love to connect. Mm-hmm. So does that really strengthen your relationships? And it's not just yeah. like, come to me, I'm going to make you feel better about yourself. It's like, come to me, we're going to go, we're going to work on us together. A hundred percent. Like, I literally, I always sit down and reflect on the relationships I have with my clients and I could literally cry just thinking about these girls. Like, they are just the most beautiful people I've ever met in my entire life. I am just constantly in awe of the people that I attract and I feel like 
that's partly because of the way I put myself out there. Like you attract what you put out mm. and I have attracted the most just amazing humans and I have the most amazing friendships with these girls. Like some girls have been with me for like two years at this point straight, like have been with me since I started. And like the friendships you make like with these girls are insane. Like I hang out with some of them outside of work just because like I'm like you are such a good friend now and like I yeah I feel like you almost have to lead by example Mm. in the job that I do like I have to show these girls that it's okay to be open and vulnerable it's okay to be like I'm actually not okay right now or it's okay to openly share experiences you've had growing up in a friendship in a relationship in a job, whatever, it's okay to openly and honestly talk about those things. And I feel like I've created such a safe space at work for the girls to come to me and talk about things that they've never even shared with anyone before. And I'm very proud of myself for making that space and making that connection with girls that they're able to do that because it is really hard to find someone that you can go and talk to, you know, is never, ever going to leave that room and find someone that you're going to go, you know what, that's valid. I support you. I get it. And it's hard, but you're going to get through this. Um, and, yeah, I love it. I just, yeah. Do you get to tell them how you're feeling too and sort of like, like, okay, this is how you're feeling, this is how I'm feeling, like, but we're still, like, going to get to this work? Because I feel like a lot of people struggle, not just men, with this whole society. We struggle when you're in jobs where it's cold emotional labour, where you have to put on that, that have those, like, surface level conversations and present yourself in a way like all nicey nicey but you might not be feeling that but it's like that emotional regulation Mm -hmm. yeah but do you get to sort of be like because you get to be more open with each other does that make it feel more real and yeah Um, my clients know everything (laughs) (laughs) they know absolutely everything about my life like sometimes I will start a session and we're like chatting and then they go Hannah how are you how's that thing and I'm like this is actually not about me (laughs) right now at all and they I feel like me telling them like, oh, this is what's going on in my life or giving them updates on what's happened that week or, you know, sharing things that I'm struggling with right now to them, it almost brings me down to their level because it's so easy to go, okay, client PT, I'm up here, I'm fit and healthy, I'm teaching you how to be like me. But I never want my clients to feel like I'm above them. I'm like, I'm a girl too. I'm heartbroken too. I've got, you know, stuff going on too, like – I get it and being at that same level creates that really solid friendship of they can come to me with anything because they know I've experienced too because I share absolutely everything with them and it also comes back to me having the best clients in the world that is just so caring and amazing but bringing myself down to that level and sharing what I'm going through, what's happening in my life is so important because it shows them that Mm. no matter – how much I go to the gym, no matter what I look like, no matter what's going on, no matter how much success I've had, I still cry. I still got shit going on. I still, like, struggle sometimes and it's so important for them to see me like that. So, yeah, they know everything. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like, because I feel like with the whole PT thing, Mm -hmm. it's like the pedestal, these people are so happy with how they look and it's like, I haven't really gone many PTs, so I don't really know, but is there sort of like that ego? It's like, I'm here, look how good I look. Like, if you want to look like me, come to me. Like, I'm the expert. But I, yeah. I much prefer, like, your method of coaching. Mm-hmm. It's, like, such a more genuine and mm-hmm. authentic way yeah. of coaching. Yeah. A gazillion percent. Like, I can literally cannot agree with you more. And that is my biggest pet peeve in this industry 
is coaches that put themselves on this like pedestal and this level and I'm like one you look like a dickhead and two you're a normal human like the rest of us like yes you're probably fit and healthy and you look amazing but I this whole industry we have to remember okay someone may come to you and start with you sign up with you because of the way you look that's fair enough if you're in great shape and you look amazing and you post these incredible photos on Instagram okay some people might sign up with you but how do you actually get those clients to stay because I have an amazing retention rate. As I said, like the people that started with me when I first started two years ago, some of them are still with me now and I have an amazing relationship with them and I've seen them grow and develop in like the best ways possible. But how do you actually get them to stay with you? Because they're not going to stay with you because you're hot. They're not going to stay with you because you've got a great body and you work hard. They're going to stay with you because of the friendships you create and they're going to stay with you because the relationship you have with them and the support and the emotional connection you develop with them and you know how comfortable they are with you you they get connected with you and they want you to be a part of their long-term journey not a 12-week challenge Mm. so I feel like that's where a lot of PTs go wrong is they put themselves on this pedestal and go oh my god look how amazing and hot and sexy and hardworking I am but it's like yeah that's great but do you have the communication skills to actually keep a client? Because you can know all the best exercises, how to create an amazing program, how to diet someone correctly. You can know all of that. You can do every single course in the whole fucking world if you like, but it's never, ever, ever going to make up for someone having lack of communication or lack of being able to go, yeah, no, I get that you know what, like you felt like shit this week and you didn't go to the gym and you didn't really stick to your eating, that's okay. Mm. Let's talk about why you felt like shit. Do you want to go in the corner and speak about it instead of going, oh, my God, you're a piece of shit. Are you serious? You didn't stick to it. I put all this hard work in planning this for you and you just didn't do it. Mm. My method is, okay, yeah, how has that made you feel? And they'll probably go, yeah, I feel pretty worthless right now. I feel pretty shit. I feel like I've let myself down. And I go, okay, well, you know, you shouldn't feel like that at all because I have off weeks. Like, everyone has off weeks. It's completely normal. If I expected you to be on 100% of the time, I would be lying to you because I'm not on 100% of the time. So instead of punishing them and going, oh, my God, why have you done that? I go, okay, well, why did you feel like shit in the first place? Why did you feel like you couldn't come to the gym? Like, what's going on? And they go, they tell me about their life. And I go, okay, well, how has that affected you feeling like you shouldn't eat right this week? Or how has that affected you not wanting to move your body? Or how has that affected you it being hard for you to get out of bed? So digging deeper, I feel like that's where a lot of PTs lack. And I mean, I'm only 20, like I make mistakes, like I'm, I'm not the greatest in the world. But my method is like being able to dig deeper and going, okay, but what's actually happening behind closed doors that it's causing you to feel that way if I know a client is going through a breakup because they've told me I'm probably going to expect a little bit less of them and we're going to celebrate the smaller wins we're going to celebrate you eating three meals a day we're going to celebrate you being out to make your bed in the morning we're going to celebrate you going out with your friends on the weekend maybe instead of you training five days a week or if I know that you're experiencing some type of grief in your life I am going to celebrate smaller wins with you like whether that's you got through the day without crying or you went and did something that made you feel good or you went and bought a new activewear set and you feel great in it we're going to celebrate those instead because life is like this like it is so up and down and 
thing as coaches, we expect a client's life to just be perfect, nine to five job, like no relationship drama, no friendship drama. But like that's just not the case because that's not what my life is like ever. Mm. So we have to support them through the highs and the lows and we have to be able to realise when to step back as a coach and go, let me be a friend for you right now. Let me support you emotionally right now because I'm not, you're not going to go into this gym and smash out a workout right now. I always say if you're mentally not okay right now, we go and sit in the corner and we chat about it. I'm never going to make you train. Like if you want to train, that's great. If you've got some anger and you want to train, let's fucking do it. Like I can do that. But it's teaching them to bury their feelings and I never, ever, ever want to encourage anyone to just bury their feelings and just get on with life because you need to sit down and you need to talk about the way you feel and you need to address the problem now because otherwise it's never going to go away. You can keep yourself busy and bury how you feel, but it's going to come up in six months. For me personally, I know that I'd rather deal with the feelings and deal with the way I feel now rather than feeling it in six months a year down the time, down the track. Wow, that's very, very inspiring. <laughs> I love that. Um, I guess, so that's coaching. Now for you, like obviously, tell us a little bit about your goals and what motivated you to sort of start wanting to compete mm-hmm. and a little bit about that journey because that's obviously such an integral part of what you do and you setting the standard for not just like how you communicate but you set the standard with how hard you work and I'm sure the young girls who come to you, they're not just like, okay, yeah, she's really open, yeah, she's great communicating, but look look at, look at her. Like she's evidence that like she can be real, she can be authentic, she can say how she feels, but she can still get it done mm-hmm. and still get the work done mm-hmm. and get to where she wants to be mm-hmm. in spite of these feelings. She can do both at once. It's not, it's not you know, mm-hmm. all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so with competing, I never really wanted to ever, I never really had intention of competing like I never really understood the sport I was like why would you do that like I'd prefer not to do that like I had no interest and then I went and I watched one show I don't even know why I went to the show and there's a girl called Danae at my gym and she won this show that I went to and I literally watched her on stage and I was my jaw was on the floor like she I was in absolute awe of the way she walked out and I was just like oh, my God, I need to do that. And it was, like, the biggest flick of a switch, and she knows this, I've said this to her a million one times, but, like, like it just made me just be, like, I need to do that. Like, that looks like the most rewarding thing ever. And at the start, when I watched the show, it was definitely about, oh, I want to stand on stage and I want to wear the pretty sparkly bikini and mm-hmm. that looks fun. Like, everyone cheering, clapping for you, like, slay. I want to do that. That looks mm-hmm. fun. But then when I actually started with a coach bit years ago um and I started training there's like a pre-prep type of thing so before you even go into prep you have to go through this whole it's a people don't realize like it's not a six month prep mine was like years in the making um so when I started like training really hard with this coach and tracking everything I was eating it became less about show day and more about how amazing it felt every single day to tick off every single box and how it gave me this, like, ultimate sense of, like, purpose. Like, I was waking up every day. I knew what I had to do that day. I, like, would go to bed and be like, yep, no, I did everything I needed for that day. I controlled all of my controllables. I'm on track. Like, it is the most rewarding and the best feeling ever working towards something that is almost that, like, um, 
called um, delayed instant delayed gratification. Yeah, delayed yeah, instant gratification. Yeah. Um, that prep teaches you that mm. times a million and like because you never get rewarded for every single day that you stay on track, every single little mm. thing that you do. But it's that reward of going to sleep at night and being like, I'm on track. I've done something that I'm 1% better today than I was yesterday. And it became less about getting on stage and all the glitz and the glam on show day and more about the process and everything you learn about yourself. Like, um, you know, that I hurt my foot two weeks out and I actually had to pull out. So I didn't even make it to show day. And I had a couple of people say to me, oh, it sucks that you wasted all this time. And I was like, that is the dumbest comment you could possibly ever say to me because that was not a waste of time at all. Like, I learned so much about myself in prep. And people say to you before you started prep, like, oh, you learned so much. It's so great, all the lessons. And I was like, sure, like, yeah, whatever. But, like, they're not wrong. Like, I will take these lessons that I've learned with me for the rest of my life. Like, you just – you learn so much about yourself, the way your brain works and the way – you handle stress and pressure and the relationships that end up falling out because of it and the people that walk out of your life because of it and it really shows you who has your best interest and who doesn't and how hard you are actually capable of working. It's not about show day at all. It's about the mental challenge is just the most rewarding thing I've ever experienced ever. You feel like you have or people have a lot more in them than they really think? Absolutely. Yeah, 1 million percent. Like, all of prep, like, my biggest thought was, holy shit, I wasn't, I did not know I was capable of this, working this hard. I did not know I was capable of being this tunnel vision on one thing for months. Like, my prep was, like, 33 weeks. It's mm. a long fucking time is, to wake yeah. up every single day and be on the ball every single day. I was, like, just so proud of myself and so in shock that I can actually work this hard. I was, like, just not don't know how hard you can work until you throw yourself in the deep end and I'm not saying everyone should prep because it's absolutely not for everyone and it's an extreme sport but just with anything you don't know how hard you can work you don't know what you're capable of until you try Mm. so what's the power of creating mini rewards then because it's like you said instant gratification is the sort of world we live in like they see you on social media like I want to look like that Mm -hmm. but then it's like it's, it's a thing I'm starting to realise is the skill of really successful people is they're really good at creating those mini rewards for themselves. Yeah. So how do you sort of be like, okay, got the end of the day, but like how do you reward yourself that isn't like, oh, let's go eat ice cream because you're not on track with what you're trying to do, but how do you sort of – is it self-talk? Is it mm. is it just that feeling of like I'm, I'm going to get there? That, because you know you've set out – you've got a path. You, you have clarity around like what you need to do to get, to, to get you where you want to be. And you sort of have that vision of yourself and it's just being comfortable knowing like, I'm going to get there, I'm going to get there. Mm. Or, I don't know, is it something else? I think for me, it was just about being better than I was yesterday and just being my own competition and just being able to just watch yourself change slowly over time. Like, it's the most insane thing ever. Like, it's crazy how fast everything changes. And it's like pushing yourself, like, every check-in, I want to be better than what I was last week. And just like... It's almost like people that do a sport or do something competitive. It's like when you come out on top, that feeling, your name gets called out or you score the final goal and it's like, Mm. oh, my fucking God, this feels so good. Like, I'm on top of the world right now. Like, there is moments in prep that you feel that way because you're like, 
oh my god I'm better than what I was last week I've won already Mm. and like literally the whole prep I just felt like I was winning that battle with myself because I was always better than what I was last week I was always put in more effort than I did the day before I just that feeling of I'm doing better than what I was yesterday was my like mini reward like it is the most like just rewarding and like on top of the world feeling when you know that you have worked so hard and you're just constantly pushing yourself every single day no matter how hard it gets like every cardio session every like day where you're just you're hungry you're exhausted you're tired you're just so burnt out and you still show up and do it after you're like fuck yeah I did that I did not want to do that but I did that and I'm so powerful I'm amazing I can do anything I wanted and yeah prep definitely taught me like your your mind will give up way before your body does and like switch off your mind fuck how you feel and go and get it done like that's what prep taught me the most is like you will sit there and you kind of negotiate with yourself I go I remember like there was times that I'd drive to the gym and I would go oh I can't be bothered today this sucks my body hurts I'm tired I'm exhausted I just want to go to sleep like this is awful but I would literally sit there and go no fuck how I feel like me sitting here and going oh my god woe is me is not going to get it done go in get it done work as hard as you possibly can and you'll feel way better after and just proving to yourself your mind will always give up before your body does your body is capable of way more than you actually think it is and it's capable of recovering way faster than you think it is. It's your mind that will tell you that you can't. Mm, I think there's a lot in doing things that you say you're going to do and mm. building that sort of... Building that promise, to your like s- trust with yourself. Oh, that's massive. Yeah. What about comparison then? Because I feel like competing, that's such a... Com- it's, a it's comparison. You're mm-hmm. literally competing against yeah. other people, but you yeah. it's so like you can only control your journey, but... How has cons- um, comparison played a role in sort of your experience? Um, it was like one of the things that I struggled the most with in prep. Um, it got to, I think I was about like five or six weeks out. There was actually a few people's stories that I muted because I was like, every time I look at it, I just compare myself. I'm like, oh, she looks like this and I don't. She has this, I don't. So like I, I'm almost disappointed I got to that point that I had to mute people's stories because I look back and I'm like, are you serious, Hannah? Like, you know that you shouldn't be doing that. And I did that. But at the time, I was like, I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, but comparison in prep is huge because, like, everyone's prep is different. Everyone's going to look different 10 weeks out. Everyone's going to look different 20 weeks out. Everyone's going to look different, like, two weeks out, mm. you know? Everyone is so different. But for me, it was just learning about it doesn't matter what someone else looks like in prep. It matters what they're going to look like on the day. No judge is going to sit there and go, yeah, okay, you look good, but what did you look like five weeks out? Let's compare that. Mm. Like, no no one cares what yeah, your journey exactly. looks like. Yeah. And it really taught me how important it is to not compare your journey to someone else's. Everyone is on a different wavelength. Everyone is on, like, a different process. Everyone's preps are different lengths. Everyone is going to look like – everyone had a different starting point. So we're all going to be different, and it really showed me that I should never – compare my journey to someone else's even in everything in life like it's so easy for me to go okay well I'm 20 and I've done all this but that girl's 20 and she's she's doing better than me but it's like so what I'm on a different journey like I'll probably get there at the end like it like bleeds into every other aspect of your life as well um 
something we got a question here from someone which is i think the hardest thing on like a is like the the self-talk the negotiating yourself those intrusive food mm-hmm. thoughts like i guess when you have to be so strict with what you're eating has it, there must have been some really difficult times to like stick to what you were meant to do and has there been times where you didn't and like how do you deal with that sort of that sort of side mm-hmm. of thing um it is really hard with you kind of like sit there and you almost like negotiate with yourself you're like oh one session doesn't won't you know won't matter in the end or one snack won't matter in the end but it's just about once you start you can't actually stop so it's about sitting down and I made a promise to myself that I was going to give this 110% of everything that I had and once you start missing one session or once you start having one meal off track then it turns to oh well, I had one meal off track and it didn't really affect my weight it didn't really affect how I look let's just do it again today or I can't really be bothered in going doing cardio I didn't do it yesterday and it didn't really make a difference let's do it now so it's just that like it's very quick to almost like spiral and just like oh well I went off track once let's do it again you know it felt great like it doesn't matter in the end of the day so I think for me prep really taught me about how important it is to keep promises to yourself because and I talk about this with my clients a lot actually is I say to them if you made a promise to your boyfriend your mom your best friend whatever and you said to them I promise you I'm going to be there for you I promise you I'm going to show up for you I promise you I'm going to support you and push you no matter what you'd do it right like you'd be there no matter what you wouldn't even second guess it you'd be there if they said to you I really need you here right now I really need you to push me when I get really really tired and I get exhausted this is so important you would so why can't we do that for ourselves like it's we're so quick to make promises to ourselves like promises to ourselves and then just break them without even thinking about it but what is that teaching you that you're not worthy of people being able to keep promises to you like you're not worthy of people like not letting you down in your life like the way you speak to yourself and the way you keep promises to yourself and treat yourself and how much you respect yourself people can see that and people are aware of how much you value your own worth and they'll just treat you how you treat yourself so if they can see you don't keep promises to yourself you don't really know how to show up for yourself like People are aware of that. People are a lot smarter than like we think they are and people will treat you like you treat yourself because they can see, well, that's what she accepts. Mm. So it's just about keeping those promises to yourself and holding yourself to a standard that you would hold other people to. So if I expect my best friend, if I expect my partner, if I expect my friends to show up for me when I need them and support me and keep promises to me, I should also expect myself to do that because there's no one else in this entire world that is ever going to do more for you than you do for yourself. Mm. And also, like, leads into, like, the way we speak about ourselves when we see ourselves in the mirror or when we see a photo of ourselves. Like, when clients come to me and they're like, disgusting I'm so ugly or hate this I'm like would you say that to your best friend if you had a daughter would you say that to her and every single time like no way I'm like so why are you speaking to yourself like that don't say that to yourself because you are allowing those thoughts in your head so then when other people say them to you it's okay because you said it to yourself Mm. if you wouldn't say that like to your daughter is a really good one because like Mm. as females we're so 
like nurturing and like want to have kids of our own one yeah. day and all of that. And I always say to my clients, if you your future daughter came to you and was being treated like that in a relationship, was talking to themselves like that, how would you feel? And they'll go, oh, it would crush me and destroy my soul. So why are you saying that to yourself then? Because no one else has ever done anything more for you than you've done for yourself. Mm. If you can promise your best friend that you're going to show up when they need you and you're going to be there and you speak nicely to them and you hype them up when they feel like shit, why can't you do that for yourself? Because, yeah, your your best friend has probably done a lot for you in your life, but you've I promise you you've done way more for you than they will ever 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 be able to do for you mm, I think it's just the whole bargaining with yourself I yeah. mean I do it all the time yeah. but oh, we all do it yeah, yeah it's yeah. just it's a skill that we're trying to develop um do you still find it difficult to feel worthy like you have so much evidence you know like you've moved out of your ha- a house you have like your own apartment a successful business just a genuinely good person it's like you have all this evidence. Do you still find it really difficult to be like, this is enough? Like like you said, take a step back and be like, well, fuck, I'm doing really well. I'm really proud of me. Like, I am worthy. Like, I don't deserve any less. Mm-hmm. It's something that I still struggle with a lot. And people, like, we're our own biggest critics. So I say to myself, I'm like, you know, yeah, I've achieved all this, but, like, I could be making double what I earn now. Or I could like look better than this I could have like a whole house rather than apartment but it's again something I'm really working on in therapy is my therapist is like Hannah take a step back you have an amazing best friend you have great best like great friends your mum and you are so close which is what you've wanted for so long you have an amazing job I just bought a cat like (laughs) yeah she's so cute um and like I feel so much purpose at work and, like, I have all these things going for me. Why do I have to sit there and go, oh, but I'm just not good enough? Like, and it is just – it makes me so angry when I think about, like, times over, like, the last six months where I've just felt not good enough because I often give people the power to make me feel that way, but it takes me so long to actually step back and go – I, like, don't deserve that at all. I have so much worth and, yeah, I really let people dictate the way I feel about myself, especially, like, ex-partners or people that I'm close with at the time. Like, if they don't see me as worthy or they tell me that I'm not worthy, tell me I'm not good enough, I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Mm. It's like, why do I accept that? Like, I'm, I have so much to bring to the table and I am like genuinely a really good human and I care for others so much and I give so much why do I let people make me feel like that so yeah something I'm really working on in therapy is just like I'm worthy I'm good enough and that will never like be any different no matter what someone tells me I always feel like with the self-talk if we're going to give us that that negative self-talk it's only fair if we have an equal amount of opposite, like, positive self-talk to go along with it because self-talk, like, that critic, that that can be so valuable, but it's just that it's, like, it spirals. It starts with one little, like, it actually starts out in a constructive way, like, most of the time. It's like, oh, this could... But then it's, like, we start extrapolating, like, oh, this means this about me, like, I'm that person, then that thought comes. Yeah. But you can use that 
as an opportunity to be like, fuck, okay, I actually need to improve in this area. But then it just ends up weighing us down and, and fucking, you know, mm. feeling really yeah. shit. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you think about failure in, in gym, life? You know, we talk about the roller coaster, mm-hmm. but we talk about setbacks. How do those setbacks, how do you see that? Do you see them now as, as growth opportunities? Mm-hmm. I think failure is so important. I think, like, as humans, we're really scared of failing. And it's not so much failing that we're scared of. It's we're scared of what other people are going to think of our failure. Like, if you fail in private, no one really cares. Like, you're like, oh, whatever. But it's failing in front of people, which is, like, what we're scared of. And I feel like, like, to, like, relate back to me having to pull out of my comp, like, I felt like such a failure, like for like two weeks after because I was like I failed I did all this and I got injured and I suck I had to pull out I suck why did this happen to me like I am the worst person in the world but I just had to pull myself out of that mindset and go okay well one it was out of my control I actually did nothing wrong like it was a stress injury like so out of my control I didn't fail it's just a setback but what am I actually learning from that taking it as a opportunity for growth and an opportunity to come back even better instead of just sitting around and moping about it and like telling myself how much I suck that it happened being out to reflect and going okay so what happened in my last prep the one I do prep again what do I want to change what do I want to be better at and I feel like I'm like looking at it now and I'm like yeah it sucks that it happened but what a great opportunity to just bounce right back and go, you know, I'm going to come back bigger, better, stronger, happier and surround myself with better people this prep, be way more picky with who I let into my life during such a vulnerable time mm. in my life. Um, and, yeah, it's it's not about the way it ended but it's about what I take it as. Um, and something that, like, my therapist always tells me is I definitely have a huge issue with being in control love being able to control what's going on in my life I love being able to control what happens next and like something that I'm really working on in therapy is sitting with the uncertainty sitting with the fact that I actually don't know what's going to happen next week I don't know what's going to happen at the end of today and that's okay I can't actually control people's actions how they treat me I can't control that I got injured I can't control any of that but it's just about being able to swallow that and go okay can't really control how this person treated me I can't really control the fact that I got injured but I can control how I react to it I can control what I learn from it I can control how much I grow from it not the fact that it happened or that I felt this way but I can control what I take from it mm. well the motto of the show is embrace the uncertainty yeah yeah <laughs> um, I always say like you're not you're not failing if you're learning yeah that's that's but do you think it's interesting, like, we talk about mindset, motive, whatever, this whole field I'm in, it's funny how the same thing can happen, but it's, ha- like, how you look at it and how you think about it can really influence how you feel about it, and then how you feel about it has such an influence on, like, the actions you take. Mm-hmm. So, has a big thing for you being changing your mindset, like, about certain events, like, I always think, like, nothing is good or bad within itself, it's, like, it's how you think about it. Um, and if you, so a lot of the times, like we have these hard, hard things happen to us, and I, I always feel like something bad happens to me, and I expand the time horizon a bit more. Like, mm. okay, 
within that one week period it was shit but in the six month frame or two years that was fucking a turning point for the positive but i just think we're not patient enough to be like see that as and embrace that uncertainty and be like fuck yeah this is shit but i'm coming back 10 times better so is with i guess you know your first prep didn't really turn out because you had the injury but I guess as time's going on, are you thinking like, fuck, I learned so much and yep. you're even in a better position now to yep. enhance that experience. And yep. so I guess what are your goals for future competing and what's the mind space like for that? I'm definitely going to go again, 1 million percent. Like it was the most just incredible and rewarding experience ever. I've completely fallen in love with the sport. Like it is just amazing. The people you meet are just Oh, just amazing everything you learn about yourself it just pushes you to a whole nother level and I really really enjoy pushing myself like that um and at the time when I had to pull out it was probably like the most just like devastating feeling I've ever felt ever like I remember when I got out of emergency and I was walking out with the boot on and crutches and I was like holy shit like this is over like I can't do this anymore um and I called my best friend and I was like just crying so hard in the car I just I couldn't breathe I was hyperventilating on the phone and I just said to her I was like in the weirdest way possible I feel like I'm grieving right now like it was like this process of grieving and like letting go of the expectation of what the next two weeks of my life was going to look like and it was like the it was the worst feeling ever and I sat in that feeling for so long. I took two weeks off work just to sit there and just feel everything and not numb how I was feeling and just be able to go, yeah, this is so shit and just let myself feel that devastation. I had people around me at the time going, oh, it's fine, you'll come back better, like get over it, move on. And I was like, no, this is shit. This is like the worst feeling in this entire world. Mm. I feel like my heart has been ripped out of my chest and it's just the most disappointing experience ever. But now I've been able to sit in those emotions, process how that made me feel. And yeah, it was like awful how I felt at the time. But now I look back and I go, okay, let's make this even better. And I know for a fact that when I do get on stage, I'm going to look back and go, thank fuck I got injured. Because I could bring something way better and have way better experience as a first timer on stage Mm. than what I would have on my first prep Mm. do you feel like one of the reasons it might have been so hard is like you might have attached the expectation of like if or like when I'm on stage competing presenting myself in this amazing way like then I'll feel like worthy and it's like because you've like a lot of the reason you go into the gym is like to you know prove to yourself and maybe prove to others that like you are worthy and then there's that expectation well competing is like the ultimate form of gym Mm -hmm. and it's like when I get to this time like do do you have that expectation in your head like like even that those thoughts like fuck I want to feel so like amazing on stage and then it's like detaching from that expectation yeah definitely letting go of that expectation that I was even going to get on stage was like devastating and the fact that I knew that it was going to be a way longer process to get on stage at that point and yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it like I felt like not worthy not in a sense that I didn't make it to show day but not worthy to actually like 
finish it in a way. It was really weird. Like, I was, like, feeling a million and one emotions at that time. But, like, worthy in a sense of, like, I just wasn't good enough to make it to the end. Someone up above was like, no, 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 it's not your time. Like, mm. <laughs> so it made it definitely made me feel not good enough to make it to the end. Not so much show day in a sense, but just to be like, yeah, I finished it. I was so close. So it made me feel definitely like not good enough. Um, and I obviously had so much other personal stuff like going on in my life at that time as well. And I just felt like I wasn't good enough for anything. I wasn't good enough to like be respected and I wasn't good enough to finish a prep and I like also felt like I had let down a lot of people like all of my clients had bought tickets to my show and you know everyone was so excited and like it was just I felt like I'd let down a lot of people but I had to remind myself it's actually not about anyone else and it's about me and I made the right decision by pulling out and if someone can't respect that, if someone's, like, let down by me right now, then so be it. I can't help it. Mm. Do you feel like – I always feel like there's so much more love and support for us than we really think, and it's really easy to get caught up in, in the whole thing, but once you sort of allow – it's almost like you allow yourself to be loved. Mm-hmm. You actually mm-hmm. can be so loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something I, like – my eyes are really opened at the end of prep is, like, when I – um, I was in a boot for about three days and I had already pulled out three days before that, before I even posted on Instagram about it, before I even let people know about it, just because I was like, I need to process this by myself before I let anyone else put their opinions on it. And I know that I share my whole life on Instagram, like as part of my job to be on there every day, sharing everything. But I was definitely afraid that someone would look at it and go, oh, that's disappointing. But the love and support that I received when I posted that post and when I told people that I had to pull out and I was injured and I was in a boot on crutches and whatever was the most overwhelming feeling I've ever felt in my entire life like I my house looked like a fucking flower shop for like (laughs) two weeks like I was like I do not deserve this like it was just insane like the amount of phone calls I got I had people coming and staying with me for two weeks like my mum just did not leave my side my best friend was like fucking on call 24 7 like just the amount of love that I received and I posted a video about this on Instagram like I just it was insane like hundreds of messages like so many texts so many calls like people sending shit to my house like I was like holy shit this many people care about me like it was insane, like, and that's something that really opened my eyes up in prep is, like, when I first started, my Instagram is a work page and it's about me creating, like, a brand and someone that people can feel like they can trust and, like, you know, work with and someone they feel like they already know through Instagram. And when I started prep, I was like, I'll post a little bit about it, but, I mean, no one really gives a fuck. No one really gets it. Like, let's be real. But then everyone started asking me to post more about it and people were interested and I was like, oh, people actually care about this like this is crazy so that was like a really weird experience to see how much people actually cared and they wanted to see the journey and then at the end like just oh the messages I got I it took me like a week to like just open some of them because I would read it and I just I was just crying like I just couldn't I was like just an emotional mess for like two weeks straight because I was like I just don't deserve all this love like this is insane. Why do so many people care 
about me and it really showed me like I'm a really good human and people follow me and they go yeah she's cool we support her and like me swallowing that and just going yeah no I'm I'm actually worth someone supporting me and I'm actually worth like someone loving me and being supportive and being kind to me and just being like you know what your feelings are valid right now and I'm really sorry you're going through that I'm like how someone should speak to me like just crazy like girls I've never met girls I have no idea who they are like sending me like paragraphs about how much watching my journey has changed their life and inspired them and I was like holy fuck like this is insane so it was just yeah it was crazy and I did not feel worth all that love and support at the time now looking back and I'm like fucking oath I deserve (laughs) (laughs) fucking oath like I deserve all of that like I did so much hard work and I was so open and so vulnerable on Instagram like if I'm so grateful for all that support but I also deserve that Mm, like 100% like I deserve to be spoken that to that way and yeah it was hard to accept at the time but now I look back and I go you know what I'm so worthy of that do you feel that internal shift Mm -hmm. from like I don't know, six six months ago to now, do you start to feel like you're waking up and you f- just feel like you've got more people in your corner that, than you re- than you realised maybe before? Mm-hmm. One million percent. Like, especially going through, like, my recent heartbreak. Like, I had so many people, like, know what was going on and reach out to me and just, like, be just the most, like, supportive people ever and then pulling out of my comp. Like, I didn't realise I had this many people my corner supporting me and that actually genuinely cared about me at all and yeah it's just like crazy like I'm literally surrounded by the best people I'm so lucky like I can't even express how lucky I am to know the people that I know um yeah crazy like just insane how many people actually care about me what would be your advice then to you know younger girls listening who have maybe followed your journey and advice about like the fact you're so open and all this work you're putting into yourself and sort of this sort of like self-growth journey do you have any advice for girls maybe wanting to start in the gym or even start somewhere taking action into their life Mm -hmm. I'd just say baby steps celebrate the small wins I even clients that start with me and they've never even stepped foot into the gym I'm like let's just come in and you can just let's just sit in the corner and chat And let's celebrate the fact that you came in. So I think lower your expectations and go in with the mindset of, I'm just going to go in today. I'm just going to go in and walk on the treadmill. I'm just going to go in and sit in the sauna. I don't know. Like just celebrate all the really small wins because we go in with this expectation of that, oh, I don't look like that girl. I don't know all these exercises. You don't have to. We all start somewhere. And anyone that judges you, anyone that gives you funny looks, anyone that tells you that you shouldn't be there, fuck them. Literally, we were all there at one point. Anyone that looks at you and just makes you feel uncomfortable in the gym, I'm sorry, but they're jealous of you. They're intimidated that you're there putting in the hard yards and they, you probably look like you have more confidence in them or you have something they don't. Anyone that's actually worth like caring about what they think in the gym will clap and cheer for you just being there. Like we were all there. We all started somewhere and yeah, just in life in general, like any like for any younger girls that are listening, like you are so you're worth it. You have so much to bring to the table 
and like stop talking down to yourself. Stop having these really low expectations of yourself. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You're kind. You're caring. You're smart. You're funny. Like you have so much to bring to the table. Don't let anyone make you feel like you're less than that. And if they do, cut them off immediately because they are not worth your time, your energy at all. Like you are just worth anything you ever want like if you want to go out and get anything you can with hard work don't be afraid of hard work don't be afraid of the uncomfortable I think people are really afraid to sit in uncomfortable feelings and are like uncomfortable just like talking about things that are shit like open up to your friends talk about how you feel like people are way more supportive than you think and a lot of people have shared experiences with you that you didn't even know about so yeah be open be vulnerable know your worth and yeah just celebrate the small wins like not every day is going to feel like you're achieving the most amazing thing ever but if you're just one percent closer to where you want to be in five years than you were yesterday you've won Mm. yeah love that what other sort of little tools do you have because like we talk about you have these you know really strong relationships you have a really purposeful job do you do any other things like do you do meditation breathing journaling is there any other sort of like micro tools that mm-hmm. you do I'm a big fan of journaling um I started journaling in prep so I had some friends that prepped before me and they're like Hannah you need to journal like it's just the best feeling ever writing down how you feel with no judgment and then you have this book of everything you've gone through like it's amazing and I was like but I'll give it a go. Like, that just seems dumb, writing down shit. Like, fucking dear diary. Like, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> but yeah. I started one in prep. And honestly, like, my book is almost, like, full of just pages and pages and pages of days in prep where I just felt like shit. I just felt like, yeah, you just you really go through it in prep. And just being able to write down your feelings, you feel ten times lighter in, like, after journaling and like just a journal every single morning now like or at least most mornings and now I have this whole book over everything that's happened over the last six months of my life and every time I feel like oh my god I'm just not getting better I just feel more shit every day or I haven't grown at all like when is this going to get better I will literally just go and read an entry from a month ago and I'll go wow I don't even feel that way anymore. I've come so far. I'm healing, like, so much. And, like, it's so easy to forget where you were a week ago, forget where you were a month ago, forget where you were two months ago. So now I just have this whole book of everything that I've ever felt over the last six months and all the really, really hard days. Like, how amazing is that? And every time I feel like I'm not worth it or I'm not getting anywhere, I'm not healing or, you know days are really hard I'll just look back and go okay well at least I am better than what I was a month ago yeah I feel like there's this thing where we would almost trade off these unobservable things like this peace of mind internal growth like it's really easy to trade that off for like things that you can measure and track Mm -hmm. it'll be like your weight all these things it's it's really hard to track internal growth Mm -hmm. and there's this thing where we just we would rather have that certainty of like okay this is how much away or even things like how much money you're earning, like mm-hmm. you can see it, yeah. like, but it's that uncertainty you have about internal growth that, that we, and so, and I guess the strength of journaling can be you reflect about, oh, this is our thought now, like I've totally improved in that space, but um, I'm in the process of making um, sort of a, 
a custom journal for to help people um, through that sort of internal mm-hmm. growth journey because it's so difficult to navigate yeah. and it's That's like sick. That's yeah so that'll be in the works but yeah. <laughs> um, a really interesting thing I'm interested how's that sentence going? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's like the the rest and nutrition side. It's like the whole like because I'm like in the gym and I'm sort of an athlete, so I'm sort of interested in like how you structure your week, um, how you supplement yourself, what things you take, like all that sort of side of things. So mm-hmm. what does a week look like for you? So I right now I'm training five days a week. Um, I don't have any cardio as of yet. Um, and all my food is pretty much tracks to the T. Um, when I'm not in prep, I have that kind of like 80-20 balance, have some meals like off track on the weekends and be able to like go out with friends and stuff like that. But I am going to be pushing for another show, so everything is pretty much like down to the gram again, which I don't um, – I wouldn't tell everyone to do that because it's not healthy living like that. Mm. But for short periods of time in prep, like it is what it is. You just have to do it. Um, but, yeah, everything is pretty much tracked to the T. I want to push for another show. Back training, foot is good. So, yeah, training is like – yeah, supplements. What do you what do you take? Um, so I take creatine, uh, fish oil, magnesium, um, like a bunch of vitamins. Yeah, it's all written up by my coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm a massive believer in like sleep, and almost sometimes get in my own head about sleep because like it's I've read X amount of books on sleep. I've listened to X amount of podcasts. So like I know how, good, and sometimes like. When you know something's so good for you, it can it can almost put that pressure in, like, I need to do it, I need to do it. Um, so how much do you value sleep? And obviously sometimes it can be hard because you have, you know, shown that, you know, you don't always get sleep, but you still get it done. But do you feel like there's such an important role of sleep for growth? Yeah, sleep is everything. Like, I remind my clients 51 million times a day that growth actually happens when you're resting. Like, your muscles actually grow when you're asleep. Like rest literally goes hand in hand with training and like sleep is obviously the best way to do that. Sleep is literally everything. Like it just brain function, like, like it's, it, it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like prep really showed me that as well. Something I didn't expect in prep is like how fucked your sleep gets. Mm. Like it was just hard to fall asleep, stay asleep. The quality of sleep that you get in prep is just not – Is it because you it. weren't eating – yeah, enough at times? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, like, you'd go to bed hungry, you'd wake up hungry, and, like, just your body is in such a state of uncomfortableness. Like, mm. you can't sit and relax ever. Like, you're just – your body's uncomfortable. It's not going to let you relax and go to sleep if it's like, bitch, feed me. Like, we need yeah, to do something. Yeah. Like, um, and, yeah, it's just really hard to sleep because of how um, – how uncomfortable your body is at the time. Yeah. Um, so sleep went to shit in prep. Like I was in, like is it in the um, the cutting phase. Yeah. Versus yeah. like when you yeah more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And as you got closer to show day, I was like literally saying to my coach, I was like, I feel like I'm fucking developing insomnia. Like this is not mm. it. Like, and it affects everything. It affects like how hungry you are the next day. It affects you know your training, your cardio, how you feel. Like like how on I can be at work, my brain function for the next day, like how like long I can focus for. It's literally everything and prep really highlighted the value of sleep to me. Yeah, sleep is everything. Mm, I think with the, the – it becomes like such a feedback loop because you don't sleep as well. Yeah. 
and then it changes your hunger hormones like mm-hmm. your ghrelin and mm-hmm. leptin mm-hmm. and then it just yep. makes you more hungry for that and then you yep. can't give, yep. you, give your body what it's trying to tell you and then oh. it's a toxic cycle <laughs> yeah um i'm trying to say pretty much covered most things um i guess one thing i'm really interested in is like the whole because we talk about this whole like um not feeling like worthy i don't know keep using that word but like that whole process of like trying to prove to yourself and others like you know you are good enough mm-hmm. but like does do you ever feel like the whole ego side of it because like i feel like there is a place to have like a healthy ego like confidence versus arrogance like mm-hmm. have having confidence in yourself and like i think confidence for young girls is so like because is so important but like how do you i guess what is confidence to you mm-hmm. i feel like confidence is just like knowing who you are and also having the confidence to do things that don't make you feel confident as well like that's something that i'm really working on right now is my therapist has challenged me to say fuck it to more things. This podcast is a great <laughs> example of this. Yeah. When you sent me a message, I read it and I was like, absolutely not. There yeah. is no way I can go on. I was like, I'm just an average human. I have absolutely nothing to talk about. There's no way. And then I read it and I was like, no, Laura would be so disappointed in me yeah. if I said no. So I feel like if you want to develop more confidence, you need to do things that don't make you feel confident. You can be confident in the things that you do every day and you can be confident around the people that you know and things that you feel comfortable in. But confidence is being able to go, okay, this thing makes me feel really anxious. I'm going to go do it. Mm. Fuck it. Let's do it. Like just putting myself out of my comfort zone and having the confidence to sit there and go, okay, this makes me anxious and I'm really uncomfortable doing Mm. this and I'm really uncomfortable talking about these things or I am really uncomfortable getting the help I need or trying a new sport or trying a new thing really uncomfortable with that but I'm going to do it anyway because I have the confidence in myself and I know that the anxiety is just in my head yeah. and I'm confident enough to go you know what fuck it let's do it and you feel great after yeah I think yeah. the action action breeds the confidence but mm-hmm. it's almost like having confidence in yourself to continually push that comfort zone yeah. and go into those uncharted territories yeah. um what about habits then like do you feel like as much as we talk about how, how much of a grind it is and how hard it is and stuff like that, do you feel like the fact that you've built this identity, this really, you know, these strong habits, do you reckon that's kept you in really good stead? Yeah, oh, definitely. Habits are everything. Like, um, what's that quote? And it's like you're only as good as, like, the things you do every mm. day or something like that. Yeah. Um, habits are, like, everything. The things that you do every day are literally – they determine like where you're going to be in six months. Like mm. if you have the habit of, you know, like not keeping promises to yourself or the habit of tearing yourself down, like you're never going to get anywhere with that. And I've built really good habits in prep that like tough stuff now is just like a non-negotiable. Like I have the habit of even if, you know, it's middle of the day, I'm like, oh, no, I didn't go train now, right now. I Like I can't be bothered. Like just I'm hurting still like this sucks I don't have the energy I'm tired I'm sore I'm hungry like I have the habit of going yep no it sucks but I'm gonna go I'm gonna get it done and I'll feel okay after or the habit of oh like how much easier would it be just to go through a drive-through on the way home from work and I'm like nope I have the habit of I have everything prepped in the fridge I have the habit of going home eating my meal prep going to sleep habits are everything like 
if you don't create healthy habits, your habits should reflect where you want to go in life. People have these habits and they're like, oh my God, but why am I not getting there? And I'm like, well, do your habits, your daily habits reflect where you want to go? If not, make new habits. Small and improved habits are going to help you push you to where you want to be. Do you feel like preparation is massive then? Because a lot of us, it's like we create, we don't create environments that help us thrive. Like we talk about, I feel like when you prep food, it's like that's creating an environment where you can make good decisions, make it easier for yourself to make good decisions. Because a lot of us are like, we get so dictated by emotions, but it's like, I don't, it's really hard if you're like really tired and you're like, you've got to spend 30 minutes cooking. But if you've already pre-cooked a meal, it's like you're making those habits easier to reinforce because you're creating ideal conditions. Yep. No, absolutely. Preparation is everything. Um, I always say to my clients, like, if you prepare to fail, prepare to fail? <laughs> fail to prepare yeah. is preparing to fail. That's it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I always say to my clients that, and then they're like, oh, Hannah, I just I didn't have the time this week. Or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, did you schedule the time out? Did you prepare your food? And they're like, well, no. Blah, blah. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. You didn't prepare. Like, mm. you can't expect yourself to fully succeed if you don't prepare to succeed Mm. if your habits aren't preparing you to to succeed you can't be shocked when you don't get there you can't be shocked when at the end of the week you look back and go why the fuck did I not achieve what I wanted to and then you mentioned environment as well your environment is oh everything and especially in prep like who you surround yourself with and your environment is absolutely crucial if you have someone around you going oh one meal out won't hurt or you're tired just skip it or judging you because of prep or anything like that it like feeds into your mind so much like your environment is everything you want people around you they're going to push you to be better I always say to myself like if I'm in a room and I'm the hardest working person in the room I need to change rooms if I'm in a room where I am the most successful person in the room I don't want to be in that room anymore Like, I need to surround myself with people that are 20 million times harder working than me and way more successful than me, make way more money than me because I don't want to be the hardest person, hardest working person in the room. I don't want to be the most successful person in the room because what am I learning from the room that I'm in? Mm. Like, your environment is everything. A quote I always say is, like, if you're in a room full of 10 average people and you're the best, you think you're great. Yeah. But how great are you really? Yeah, literally. So it's like surrounding yourself with you know, people to aspire to be like yep. and, and learn from them. Yep. Um, a few other things here I'm interested in is oh, actually a quote I like to say about hard work I keep telling myself is like, don't expect the results from the work you didn't put in. A lot of us like, I don't know, we just, we almost think we're working hard but we're not. Mm-hmm. And it's like until you really work hard, you, you actually don't realise how much more you can put in. Absolutely. Um, what about fear of judgement? So you've been very open for a while now. Putting you, You're starting a business, you putting all yourself on social media, has that gotten easier to showcase vulnerability? And what's your advice like to people? You don't need to have the outcomes mm-hmm. to show your journey. Mm-hmm. Judgment is huge. Um, I was actually speaking to a client about this the other day. I really reflect back on my prep and I reflect on how much I let the judgment of other people isolate myself a little bit it was my first prep I didn't really know how people around me were going to react so I definitely isolated myself in a lot of situations like said no to a lot more things where I could have come like I was scared to be the only one not drinking or having to go home early or 
coming with my bloody meal prep containers. <laughs> I was so scared to be judged and I was so scared what other people were going to think. And now I look back and I go, I'm sorry, but who the fuck gives a fuck what I'm eating? Who mm. literally cares what time I go home? Who cares if it's a vodka diet Coke in my hand or just a plain diet Coke? Mm. Who actually cares? Like that is something I am really going to focus on in my next prep is being able to put myself in situations more and going, hey, guys, I'm in prep. I'll be leaving at 9 and I'm going to bring my own food. And if they go, oh, you suck, I'm going to be like, okay, I won't come. That's fine. No worries. Like putting myself out there more. And I was really, really afraid of the judgment I was going to receive going into my first prep. But now I look back and I'm like, anyone that shits on me is literally just jealous and they're going, they're only shitting on me because I'm doing something that they could never do. Anyone that judges me or anyone that has anything negative to say, they're only doing it because I'm doing something that they would never be able to stick to. And, like, yeah, even with Instagram, like, if anyone wants to judge you, like, they're actively following you. Like, I don't care what you think. Like, Mm. I'm going to post what I want to post. And, like, at the end of the day, I'm going to make money from being present on social media. Like, 70% of my income comes from Instagram. Mm. So it's like, if you don't want to see what I'm posting, unfollow me. I don't care. You're not paying my bills. Like, (laughs) I don't, your opinion doesn't matter to me. And like, I just, yeah, the judgment was really hard thing to swallow at the start of prep. But now going into another one, I'm just going to be like, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I think the same. I definitely struggle with it's like, you were just, it's easier to remove yourself from those situations when you fear the judgment. But then again, it's like you're not going to grow from that, are you? And yeah. I, I feel that within myself. I'm like the same things still keep happening. I still get scared of the same situations because I don't put myself in them enough and I don't put myself in those challenging mental space where like just be proud to be on your journey. And yeah. it's like telling yourself like if someone wants to bring you down, it's always a reflection of them. I think I posted on the thing, no one's no one working harder than you is going to criticise you. So... Yeah, you know, it's always someone from a lower, Absolutely. a lower point of view. Yeah, or yep. if it's someone who's higher, they're just intimidated by you. Yeah, you see so many successful people. I see this with like the mental health thing. The people I try and message, like everyone's who's well established, is so supportive. Mm. And, like because they, they're so secure in themselves, they're not mm. threatened. It's not an ego thing. It's mm-hmm. like I just love the journey you're on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm guessing that could be saying that you experience like these these people who are already like well established with themselves they're so supportive of you because it's not like they're threatened by you they're just so happy that you're on your own journey yeah 100% like it was anyone that has prepped before or any people that I was competing against the most supportive and the most amazing humans ever and was so kind like the friendships you make in prep are just like next level um but, like, they're all so kind, so supportive. Anyone that's prepped before, anyone that's been on the same journey, people I'm competing against, so nice, so secure in themselves, so supportive. But it's the people that don't have the work ethic to do it and are scared of, like, working that hard, scared of putting themselves out there. It's the people that are afraid of putting themselves out there on Instagram or jumping balls deep into a business like I did that have the most to say about it. And I'm like... One, you look dumb. And two, like, if you're really that afraid, like, of doing that, like, that's okay, but don't shit on other people that have the balls to do it. Mm. I feel like a lot of us wait to have the outcomes to start. Like, mm-hmm. you just went, like, bang, I'm starting, rather than be like, 
I need to be a winner of like this competition or like I, my business needs to be X amount of dollars before I can be like, but it's like, it's the whole journey. Like, yeah. and it's how you get people on board your thing. Cause yeah. people resonate, like we've talked about before, resonate with your passion and your authenticity. Mm-hmm. They, they don't people like you bring yourself down to other people, like your clients, you, you connect with them on that wavelength. And that's what people resonate with when you humanize yourself that's when people can connect to you when you sort of create this identity separate from who you are. Yeah. And if, even if people like that, it's, it's not you and you can't ever build those true deep relationships. So that's why I think there's such a power in being authentic, not just for like a personal thing, like it feels good, like, but just for a brand, like that's why you're going to grow so much as a brand because people, people don't just love, you know, the Hannah Marshall that always just posts great pictures. You're posting the lows, you're posting the highs. Like, they're on that journey with you yep. and it resonates with their own journey because yep. as much as it's you, like, people people resonate with you by, com- like, reflecting on themselves and if you can't bring the downs with you and or, or the whole roller coaster, like, yep. they're never going to fully and truly connect with you. Yep. Um, what do you think about affirmations? Because only 5% of our thoughts in a day are conscious. Mm-hmm. So 95% of the thoughts we have are subconscious, right? Wow. Which is an incredible stat. Yeah. So it's like that's why there's so much on like childhood trauma and like and it's like if you don't take ownership of that 5% and, and be really like taking action with what you can control, like it's really hard to escape that childhood trauma mm-hmm. and like those sort of deep-seated negative yeah. beliefs we have about ourselves. Yeah. Um. I think, like, with things like affirmations, like, people are really, like, quick to sit there and go, oh, I'm just, I really want to do this or, you know, I want to be better, I want to think better, I want to feel better. You can sit there and do all the affirmations you want and, like, think, like, you want to do something all you want and almost sit there and wish something would fall into your lap, but are you actually taking actions to match if you are sitting there and going, oh, I would really like, you know, to develop a really good friendship circle, are you going out and meeting new people? Are you asking people in your life that you align with to hang out more, you know? Or, like, if it's I want to, I don't know, lose weight, are you going to the gym? Are you choosing better food choices to align with that? Like, you can't just sit there and make affirmations and just wish your life would change. Like, you actually have to get up and do something about it. So, yeah affirmations are great but do you have the actions to match it mm. what's the next phase like for you in in the gym coaching comp, like which, i guess we alluded to that you want to compete again mm-hmm. but what's sort of the next phase where on social media what's what's plans like just keep growing um i couldn't take on any new clients while i was in prep just because i was so busy and now i'm like i want to keep growing i want to like get in touch with more girls just growing i eventually want to like employ coaches underneath me i and and like i feel like you have this incredible i guess i haven't i i've seen coaches but i feel like that's sort of like your niche sort of Mm -hmm. or like you know like i've got a niche for what i do but your niche is like being able to really connect with your people so like do you mean like you're going to teach people almost like how you coach yeah yeah i'd love to bring on like studying PTs or PTs that are like fresh out of um, like getting qualified and like bring them under my wing, teach them, you know, just like 
kind of like evolve the industry in the best way I yeah, can yeah. and kind of like encourage people to just be better humans in this industry because there's a lot of shit and a lot of mm. people that aren't in it for the right reasons at all and it's quite damaging for a lot of people's health. So I'd love to bring people underneath me. Yeah, i got huge goals for Empowered. Like I want to do an app, employ people, just get bigger. Like, yeah, yeah huge goals, but it's all in the works. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you feel like we know more or like we – there's a lot of like we don't have outcomes and we almost feel like – we're not worthy, but we actually know so much about life more than we think. We know so much more about ourselves than we think, but it's like we almost feel like we're not entitled to feel certain. We don't We don't feel entitled to feel worthy or like – it's like we don't have these amazing outcomes and all not – because the world isn't saying you're rich, successful, fame. It's like you have this car, house. You know, you like you almost don't deserve to feel like that, but it should, it should just be like the minimum standing point. Yeah, yeah. Feeling worthy and feeling good enough and feeling like you're deserving of the bare minimum is, like, that is just standard being alive. Mm. Like, and it's something that I'm really working on in therapy as well, is I don't have to prove to anyone that I'm worthy, I'm good enough, I'm deserved to be loved at all. That is the bare minimum. If you're in a relationship, that is just, like, point A. Like, if you're not getting point A get out of there as fast as you possibly Mm. can because as a human that's just the bare minimum someone speaking to you with respect someone making you feel worthy someone making you feel good enough is that's just entry level shit like that is just you being alive and being a fully functioning human like that's bare minimum yeah like you should feel like that you it's not even that like um yeah you shouldn't feel like you have to work to feel that way you're just that's just like you're born you have feelings, you have emotions, you're worthy. Yeah. Like, you're worthy of being loved, well, 100%. When you think about it, the odds of being born are so, like... Inc- yeah. It's like, yeah. if you look at it that way, like, you must be something special to just be... Exactly, yeah. Um, a point I have is, like, because we talk about bringing other people down, but, like, mm. and you want to sort of, you know, change the industry a little bit with that. So, obviously, your best friend, Beth, is, like, doing incredibly well. But like, shout ha- out to Beth. Yeah. <laughs> what? How do you feel like, you know? Because it's, it'd be so easy to be jealous of something like that. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, you're doing really well. She has like two million yeah. TikTok followers. She has. She's so slight. Like, she's love doing her. incredible yeah, things absolutely. as well. Absolutely. How do you feel like? I don't know. I guess with that friendship, it's like mm-hmm. um, she's doing so well, but it's not like it's not being jealous, but it's almost being like, "Fuck yeah!" Like I want to like let's grow together. Like I want to be on you with this journey. I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not jealous of you, but you're doing pretty much things that I want to mm-hmm. want to do. Mm-hmm. Beth is just I have absolutely no words for her. She I could I'm going to cry talking about. Her. <laughs> <laughs> um she yeah has yeah literally saved my life in every single way but possible way. Don't even know where I'd be without the friendship we have. I think Beth and I's friendship is something that a lot of people never really truly get to experience a friendship that no one is jealous of anyone. Like I am so incredibly proud of her and no one sees the effort and the work she puts in besides the people that are really close to her. I know how hard she works. I see it firsthand. And yeah, there's never been a day where I'm jealous of her ever just because like, I'm like, you are so deserving. And I also look at her job and I'm like, I would never want 
two million people following me. Like, mm. there's absolutely no way I could handle that pressure. Like, I'm like, I get anxious posting to like three thousand people. <laughs> Never mind two million. Like, that pressure is just. You say that now, but oh, when it, when no. it, if it comes, you're gonna. Yeah, it'd be it'd be great. Like, you know, she lives a life. She's incredibly successful. She's amazing. But like. Props to her. People do not realise the work and also the anxiety that comes with having a large following. Like, I don't know if I could do it. Like, I, yeah, tell her often. Like, she's fucking incredible because, like, you open yourself up to so much hate and so much criticism. I'm like, I get anxious when one person sends me a message and is like, you're shit. But, like, she gets thousands of that. Like, she gets thousands of, like, fuck DMs. Like, I could, yeah, I could never. And, like, yeah, our friendship is just truly the most just amazing thing ever. I'm so incredibly proud of her. And, yeah, she's a million percent the best thing that's ever walked into my life. Love that. I feel like it's the whole, like, we look at someone like Beth and everyone's like, I want those outcomes. Like I want, you know, the people following me, mm-hmm. what she looks like. Mm-hmm. But then people don't want that price tag. Yeah. Not oh, you see the background of it now, now that I'm so close to that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, don't know if I could do that. Like I don't know if I want that. It's so easy to see the followers and the success and the sponsorships and all that and being like, fuck, that life would be great. Or like, it'd be, it's, oh, how it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. Fuck off. I hate that comment <laughs> yeah. when people say that. Like she has it so easy. I'm like, oh. Get fucked. Like, oh. there's absolutely no way. Yeah, I, this, yeah, big thing I, yeah. I don't like. Um, so we've covered so much. Is there anything you want to touch on before we wrap it up? No, I don't think so. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's been great to have you on and Thank being really so open and honest. And Thank I'm sure, you. I'm sure everyone's going to get so much out of this. It's been a really amazing <laughs> chat. So, Thank well, you. thanks for coming on. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll put – actually, I'll put her stuff in the um, description below, but mm-hmm. – I'm sure most of you guys already really love the stuff she's doing. But um, thanks for coming on, Hannah. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I feel very honoured. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.